I'm going to do something special. I'm going to throw my notes away and I'm just going to go by the Holy Ghost and, and just see where he takes us. Amen. Amen. I love that when he does that. It's awesome. Praise God. Well, let's, uh, let's start over in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and uh, let's look at the first verse. Galatians chapter five and verse one. Thank you, Master. Galatians, the fifth chapter, and verse 1. Notice here it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, or wherein Christ has set us free. Has anyone in this place tonight ever been set free by Christ? Notice this. So stand fast then in that liberty or in that freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. And then he gives us a warning. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Many of us, before we were born again, were in serious bondage. We were entangled by the spirit of this world. And we did things that people who are sinners do. And we did them on a regular basis. And so here's a warning to all of us. Those of us who have been set free from something extremely significant like sin or drugs or pornography or whatever the sin might be, we are absolutely warned not to be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. Now, I want you to look at it in the Amplified Version with me tonight. Galatians, the fifth chapter, and verse 1 in the Amplified. Glory to God. It says now here in the Amplified version, In this freedom, Christ has made us free. Now, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you do not have to try to be free. You are free in Christ. There are many people that are free in Christ, but they have not yet received that freedom. And so they spend much of their Christian life trying to get delivered from something that Christ already delivered them from. You know, you don't, you don't pray on, shouldn't pray on scriptural prayers like, Lord, take these cigarettes away from me. Jesus doesn't smoke. He doesn't want our snuff. He doesn't want our cigarettes. He doesn't want our marijuana. He doesn't want any of that mess. And so, many people are then destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Trying to attain freedom when freedom has already been bought and paid for is a work of the flesh. The scripture says that we are not about to be delivered, but we have been delivered from the power of darkness. 
And we have been, in fact, translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Oh, hallelujah. Can you agree with that? So now notice this. In this freedom, Christ has made us free. You know, you could get happy just thinking about what He's already done. And then receiving what He's already done. And then walking what He's already done. And then do a little rejoicing in what He's already done. Amen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Glory to God. So notice this. In this freedom... Christ has made us free, completely liberated us. We are a people set free, and we are a people who were once in bondage, but now, by the blood of Jesus, we have been liberated. And now, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I ask you tonight, where is the Spirit of the Lord? The Spirit of the Lord is in you. The Spirit of the Lord is in me. Therefore, in you and in me, we have glorious liberty. Whoo, glory to God. I'm not trying to be liberated. I've been liberated. Amen. Much of the church world is asking God to do something for them that he's already done. Trying to talk God into a notion of healing them when the Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I don't look healed, I don't, I don't, I don't smell healed. I, I just, you know, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Don't try to understand it up here. Just believe it down here. You were healed, even though you may still have symptoms in your body. And the more that you declare it, and the more that you call those things that be not as though they were, oh, the stronger your faith will get, and the happier you'll get. Amen. So let's keep that verse up there if we could. Praise the Lord. We're going to work with that a little bit. In this freedom, everyone say, I am free. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Oh, dear God, brother, would you just, just pray for me? I just, I know, I know that uh, I, I just need to get liberated. Well, there's, a, there's a, a good thing to do, and that's good to do. But what I want you to see is you've already been set free. Amen. Liberated us. And then he goes on to say, stand fast then, and be not hampered, and held ensnared, and submit again to a yoke of slavery once you have put it off. And I think that's the challenge. There are people that have not put off things that should have been put off when they got born again. And that, my brothers and sisters, deals with what we do with our bodies. Put off the old man and put on what? Put on the new man. Who is this new man? This new man is this new creation. This new man is the one that's in right standing with God. This new man in Christ Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Is to be put on every day of our lives. Amen. Glory to God. 
Be not hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery once you have put it off. Amen. Now go over to John chapter 8. And notice with me in uh, verse 31 and verse 32. John 8, 31 and 32. I want to share with you tonight some keys to staying free. Some keys to staying free. Amen. It was December 18th, 1974. Well, I was in a treatment center and they got some tickets to the Vikings-Cardinals playoff game, which was to be played in Bloomington, Minnesota, which was 100 miles away from the treatment center that I was in. And I had been in treatment since October, and I did what they called, I went over the hill. And over the hill means I left the treatment center. And I went on a binge for, I don't know how many days it was. It must have been, you know, close to 10 days, maybe two weeks until things wore down and money left and there was no more drugs to, you know, not to steal, but to sell or to do. And so I checked myself back into the treatment center. So I was kind of teetering and tottering between, well, you know, should I stay? Should I stay or should I go? (laughs) Now my flesh felt like I wanted to go. So it was December 18th, and I had a good friend named George. I got two really good friends here to my name of George. And George was a guy that was in the treatment center because he had to be in the treatment center. You know, the court sent some people there. People like me went voluntarily. And George had some drugs. And George said, well, before we go to the game, let's go out here He pointed out to a field filled with snow. I mean, huge snow banks. He says, let's go out here and and let's do some drugs. So we went out there and we did some drugs and went to the game. I tell you, I was extremely miserable. But on December 18th, 1974, is the last time I ever used any drugs. So I have been free from drugs for 44 years. But I never would have stayed free unless I had gotten the revelation that it is Christ that has set me free and it is Christ that has kept me free. We are kept by the power of God unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last days. Amen? We are not kept by counseling. We are not kept by AA. We are not kept by NA. Certainly good principles and good things to live by, but if your higher power is that chair, sooner or later, that chair is going to let you down. A lot sooner than later. So I learned beyond any shadow of a doubt way back there in the 70s That Jesus Christ is the only way. That he is the only truth. And that he is the only life. And I heard as a 23 year old and a 24 year old. I heard Mark choose you this day. Whom you will serve. 
Because I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Not only that you may live, but that your future seed could live. Hallelujah. And so, we must, in order to be free and to stay free, we must choose life every day of our life. Is that not the truth? I mean, how many of you have woken up in the morning before and just didn't feel saved? I mean, you looked in the mirror and you wondered if you were. All of us have felt like that on a Monday morning, a Tuesday morning, or Wednesday morning, whatever morning it might be. But aren't you glad we don't live by feel? We will live, we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, glory to God. And so whether you feel saved or look saved, you is saved. You are free. Say that with me. I am right now. I am free. I am free from depression. I am free from all sad days. No more sad. No more down days for me because Christ set me free. Amen. We are not the oppressed. We are those that are filled with the joy of the Lord. Regardless of how we feel. Amen. So we're throwing a few keys here tonight. You've got to choose life every day of your life. You've got to choose to stay clean. To stay away. And not give place every day. Ephesians 4.27 says this. Neither give place to the devil. And he will take a place if you give him one. The tempter will come no matter how many years you have been free. If you get or if I get lax about who we are in Christ and just let things go and slide and coast, the tempter will come. And he will wait until you are at a weak point. (laughs) Glory to God. Jesus is alive and well. Look at John chapter 8. Notice with me in verse 31 and 32. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Then said Jesus to those Gentiles in Hayward... Which believed on him. If, that's a big if there. If you, that's a condition there. If you continue in my word. If you will make my word final authority and top priority. In other words, we're not just going to dabble with the Word just when we have a need. We're not just going to live by the Word when it's Sunday or 
Wednesday evening, Jesus said this, If you continue in my word. How many continuers do we have here tonight? If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Notice with me, there's a vast difference between being saved and being a disciple. Did you know that? The church world is full of people that are saved, I think. But disciples... Obeyers, tithers? Oh, are you kidding me? He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Hallelujah. Are you one of those disciples? You ought to be saying, indeed I am. And notice me in verse 32. Let's read it together. And you shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. And listen. And the truth, when it is continued in, it will keep you free. It's one thing to be set free, but it's another thing to stay free. It's one thing to be set free from the cares and the anxieties of this life, but it's another thing not to let them back in. Are you listening to me? So, of course, I'm talking about my story, but how many of you know you can be addicted to worry? He says, yeah, I grew up in in a home where my mom and my dad were world champion worriers. Don't you know what's on mommy and daddy will get on you. That's why we need to get on Christ so that when we get in Christ, what's on him and in him gets on us and in us. Amen. And you shall know the truth and the truth. It'll make you free. And the truth, it'll keep you free. So I decided many, many years ago that I was going to live by this word. Whatever his word says to Mark, Mark is going to do his best to do what he said. I remember the first time I heard about tithing. I thought he was talking about wearing a tie. And I didn't wear a tie to church in those days. I thought, okay, I'm going to go get me some some ties. I'm going to do some ties in around here. But when I found out that tithing wasn't talking about a necktie, but tithing was talking about giving 10% of your income, I said, okay, Lord, that's it. I'm a tither. I'm a tither. And I'm going to tithe till the day I die. Hallelujah. Why? Because I want then to be a disciple. I want to obey him in that which is least so he can trust me in that which is much. We cannot serve God and love mammon. Are you listening? 
It is a way of life that for those that have been set free to be very free with their finances and deposit it into the kingdom of God for His righteous cause. Amen. Amen. So let's look at verse 31 32 again. Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you're going to know the truth. Woo! How many of you have heard the truth? How many of you know the truth? How many of you have been set free? How many of you are going to stay free? So here's, here's big keys. Choose to make God's word your final authority every day of your life. Choose to obey his word regardless whether you understand it or not. Just choose to live by faith. And he will cause things to come together for you. Amen? That's all right. That's all right. Hallelujah. Now, along then with making his word final authority and being obedient to his word, we must have community. We must have fellowship with like-minded believers. We need one another. No man is an island unto himself. So, when I first got saved and then got filled with the Holy Spirit, I still had some relationships in my life that were a part of my life prior to coming to Christ. But I saw very clearly and very soon that those relationships were not going to benefit my spiritual progress. People could not understand why I could not have a glass of wine. They could not understand why I just couldn't have a a couple of beers because a couple of beers turned into a whole keg for me. A couple of tokes turned into several lines of cocaine. And so I saw when I was very, very young in the Lord that these relationships had to go. I was not called to win them to Christ. I was too weak and they did not have ears to hear. That's right. Some of them are probably dead today. But I heard a higher call. I heard a higher call. I heard a higher call. I heard the call of God. Mark, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. 
And so, I just made my way out of those relationships and I found some new relationships. Hallelujah. In the book of Corinthians, it says that evil companionships, relationships, deprave or corrupt good manners. Evil companionships are not what you and I need in this life. We need some faith buddies. We need some encouraging buddies. We need the local church. We need to be in praise and worship. We need to be all in because Christ was all in for us. Hallelujah. And so I learned this. And I, I, I just, this just dropped in my heart as I was during worship. I think it's been 44 years to God be the glory. December 18th. I'll never get tired of telling the story. And given God glory. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. So loved He you and me that He gave us His Son. Woo! Hallelujah. I like to shout about it tonight. And it's not about you and it's not about me. It's all because of Him. Jesus said... If your right hand is offensive to you, what are you supposed to do? Go get it a massage? <laughs> no, if your right hand offends you. In other words, if there are things in my life and in your life, they're not our contributors to our spiritual walk and spiritual life, then they must be They must be cut off. Amen. And then he said, if your right eye, or if your eye offends you, what do you do? Go get glasses? Go get laser surgery? No. If, you, if your eye offends you, you're supposed to pluck it out and get rid of it. For me, in my walk, it was relationships. For some, in this day and in this age, it's throwing the computer away. There is so much temptation in this world that comes through the media. Somebody says, yeah, but I pray in the Spirit every day. I'm strong enough. You think you're strong enough. Him that thinketh he standeth had better take heed lest he fall. I learned a long, long, long time ago that there were certain people I could not see anymore. There were certain places that I could not go and that I would not go anymore. I cut it off completely. Oh, thank you, honey. Brenda found this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. 
and I believe it's the God's Word translation. Don't let anyone deceive you. Associating with bad people will ruin decent people. Associating with the wrong people will cause things in our lives to go wrong. Am I preaching good, brother? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I was all in. All in. I drove a cab. I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken when I was 24 years old. I had a 16-year-old boss. But I was not about to go back to being a drug dealer making an easy buck. Because the ways of sin seem to be okay for a while. But it's always over. And my season was over. Whatever I had to do. We didn't have ear pods and we didn't have iPads and iPods and MP3s and we didn't even have DVDs or CDs. We had cassettes. <laughs> how, many, how many of you like them cassettes? Ain't nothing wrong with cassettes. Cassettes are awesome. I got a garage full of them. I'm thinking about having a garage sale at Heart of the Bay. Glory to God. And God just supernaturally led me by His Spirit to listen to the right people. I had positioned myself to be in the right place with the right people at the right time. And if you have a heart to be in the right place with the right people, God will always unfold it for you. He'll always open a door. So I went to the full gospel businessmen. Brother Osteen said that eternity was created for the full gospel businessmen. Because their meetings would start at 6 and last till 11. One guy went to a full gospel businessman meeting and his friend looked at him, didn't you shave? He said, yeah, I shaved before I got here. <laughs> my mom and dad witnessed a miracle. They saw me when my hair was down to here. They saw me when I was about 130 pounds. They saw a dead man walking. They saw a man who they rolled up in a blanket to take to a treatment center a hundred miles west of Minneapolis, Minnesota and left him there in the care of a state hospital. Mm -hmm. 
When I was on serious drugs, I went home for Easter and my uncle said, It looks like Jesus! But it wasn't. They saw a dead man walking become an alive man miracle in Christ Jesus. To God be the glory. And so, once I had been out of the treatment center for a while, I was invited to speak at the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. And I was to be the keynote speaker. And I tell you, the anointing was on me so strong. My doctors were there from the state hospital. My nurses were there. My parents were there. And it was midwinter. Cold. And we ate at a restaurant called Frida's Board. And they were farmers. And their plates were stacked this high. By 7 o'clock, they were looking like some of you are tonight. <laughs> and, the, and some of the full gospel businessmen, they started testifying and testifying until the anointing just flew off me. They were talking about casting out devils out of their washing machines and different things. Just a precious group of people. But the Lord is still able to move. Now, what's my point? I got around a bunch of men who were older than I was, who had been in the Lord for longer than I had been. And I went to that little basement on Saturday morning for two reasons. Number one, I was hungry for the Word. Number two, I was hungry for some food. And those gentlemen just took me under their wing. And they began to share scriptures. And share about the Lord. And share about the word. And so I removed myself from the wrong relationships. And found the right relationships. Of people that would not take something out of me. But people who would put something into me. And everyone needs a faith buddy like that. Hallelujah. And so I learned the importance of being around other believers. I learned the importance about being in church. Like I said, I drove a cab before they had DVDs and CDs and MP3s. And I'd put Brother Copeland down. And you know, Brother Copeland in the 70s, he told it just like it was, harder than he does now. And some of the people in the cab would get nervous. And they'd report me. And that guy says, could you just turn it down a little bit? I can remember picking up a drunk one day. And the power of God was on me. I prayed for him. He sobered up. He was heading to the detox center. I dropped him off at the detox center after praying for him. Then I asked, inquired about him later. How'd he do? He said he never, he never needed to go in there. To God be the glory. Let's get around the right people. And then, when things 
kind of level out a little bit. You know, sometimes in your walk with God, you know, you have highs. And especially when you're just recently born again, you have highs. But then comes the temptations. Then comes the everyday walk in the everyday life. And here's another key. I determined in my heart that I was not going to allow anything or anyone move me from my walk with God. I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. Whether I feel like it or not. Choose you this day. Who will you serve? Who will you serve? Who will you walk with? Glory to God. And then I learned the value of Acts chapter 2. Let's look over there. Acts chapter 2. Let's say glory three times. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in a, in a Greek gentleman's Bible study in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Acts chapter 2. I learned the value of what happened to these guys over here on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a Russian mighty wind and it filled the whole house hallelujah and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all, what did they, what happened? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they do when they were filled with the Holy Ghost? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Woo, glory to God. I was saved, but I needed desperately to be filled. To be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. To be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. So that I could maintain the freedom that Christ had bought and paid for me. Without Holy Ghost power, many just don't make it. Say it with me, it's not by might, nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of the living God. Can you just be honest with me? Have you made it through some things because the power of the Holy Ghost enabled you to make it? 
Have you made it through some down days and some empty days because you just chose you were going to get filled and stay filled with the Holy Ghost? And so this is what I did. And this is what I've done these past 40 years. The opportunity would arise for me to be in a meeting where I knew the Spirit of God was moving. I can remember being in some Bible studies, in some homes, back there in those days, where the praise and the worship was so high, and the glory was so strong, that it's almost like you could just cut it with a knife and take it home with you. I tasted, and I've seen, that the Lord is good. And once you get a taste of the real thing, you just flat can't get enough. That's why I struggle sometimes with churchianity. That's why I struggle sometimes with people who sit in church week after week after week and they're no more full of the Holy Ghost than I'm an astronaut. And I love them. And my Christmas wish for them is that they would get zapped in the Holy Ghost. They would be filled unto overflowing. But it takes a hunger and it takes a willingness to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to His moving and to His infilling in our life. Oh, I desire it so strong for this church. I desire the greater that the prophets have seen. I desire the greater that the prophets have prophesied about. Lord, let there be a shaking. Just like there was on the day of Pentecost. I've got branded, guys. I got branded with the fire of God. And that is the only reason why I'm able to sustain 36, 37 years of ministry in the Bay Area. There's no way that I could do this without Him. And I'm so glad that I have Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. But every opportunity I would get, I'd I'd go for miles, I'd go to Tulsa, I'd go to Minneapolis, anytime And every time I heard that there was a meeting where God was moving, I was there. I have seen in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the month of January and in the month of February, people lined up to get into Brother Hagen's prayer seminars and Holy Ghost seminars at 3 and 4 in the afternoon. When it was ice cold, freezing. And the doors wouldn't even open till seven o'clock. God, give us a group of hungry people like that. Hallelujah. Not a group of sleepy saints. Not a group of people that are dazed by the holidays. Brenda said, well, how'd you do Sunday morning? I said, I did pretty good. I preached through the days. 
Some of you may not like what I'm saying, but you just do this for about 40 years. We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. And that's what the book of Ephesians says. It says, but ye be being filled with the Holy Spirit. These are just some of the keys that have kept me free these last 44 years. And if Jesus tarries, I'm planning on going in the first load when the trumpet sounds. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. How about you? Amen. Well, I hope this helped you tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet.